0: Hey, what's happening guys? Grace and peace to you. I hope all is well with you. Happy Monday. Hope you had a blessed weekend and uh, last week was good. I, I didn't get a message out last week. Um, apologize for that. Had a full plate overflowing. I try very hard to balance. Sometimes the world throws things on your plate. You had no idea they were coming, you know, but God is good. God is good through all of it. So for that, I'm thankful. Um, so yeah, here we go. Welcome back to live the life podcast. Um, season eight, today's episode. Uh, I think I'm going to entitle, um, stay salty. My friends stay salty. Um, so we're not talking about salty, like you being a bitter person or being salty towards another person, but what it means to be the salt of the earth, um, kind of some things God uh, revealed to me and how we are to live as, as Christians. Amen. So we're going to read out of uh, Matthew 5 today, uh, which is where that scripture came from that talks about being salt and light. And then also we're going to read out of Luke uh, chapter 14, you know, but, um, so yeah, there's a lot of questions about, you know, what did, what did Jesus mean, you know, by being the salt of the earth, what does that mean? And, um, a lot of great scholars have a lot of great information and truth and reality, about it but you know always our best test is to read the scripture to meditate on it to pray about it and let the holy spirit reveal um you know what it is that that he's saying about it you know so i'm going to talk about salt a little bit here and then we'll get we'll get into reading reading the scripture so you know salt is uh it does uh Many things, you know, for us um, in this world, whether we realize it or not, you know, it's used to make leather, pottery, soap, detergents, cleaning products, pharmaceuticals, you know, it, it goes unnoticed, um, sits on restaurant tables around the world, right? Um, it's using a lot, again, chemical products and not to mention the trillions of tons of it, right, that sit, sit in our oceans, over 70% of the surface of our planet. So salt is, salt is everywhere. And, um, you know, Jesus would use terms like this, everyday terms, to, to communicate truths about himself, about God, who Jesus came to bring glory to his Father, right? And this was his description as we're going to read today, um, of the disciples, uh, of us as followers of Jesus Christ, um, as the salt of the earth, you know, um, one definition of it or, or to describe it to this day, people use that, that, uh, that saying that phrase salt of the earth to describe good, honest and humble people, right? That's, uh that's a good thing if we're if we're described um, in that way but salt did some salt did some things i'm going to just touch on like five of them right so salt salt is used for flavoring right so we're the salt of the earth we're to bring flavor to the earth we're to bring flavor to this dark world that doesn't taste so good that doesn't smell so good and again, we're going to read through this, but you know, to to add flavor to something, right? Uh, it's it's to preserve, right? Salt uses as a preservative um, in that fashion. You know, we're 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 partnering with Jesus, you know, to preserve um, His children, right? To save His children, to preserve them for eternal life. Um, there's a A sacrificing um, with salt, you know, it's a very, it was, it was less familiar to me. Um, But Moses explained how Israel was to offer sacrifices to the Lord. And he said that you shall season all your grain offerings with salt and you shall not let the salt of the covenant with your God be missing from your grain offering With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. You know, so perhaps because it was flavored food and it kept meat from going bad, salt was necessary of all the Israelite sacrifices and even represented God's covenant with them. You know, we as disciples and followers, we're salt in this sense too. The world is an altar. Humanity and the world are to become a a single great offering to God. And as we offer ourselves an obedient, Suffering, self sacrifice. We become the seasoning on a cosmic sacrifice that makes it well pleasing to God. Pretty deep, huh? You guys didn't know I was going to go deep, go deep this morning. You know, salt is destroying. Um, you know, this one we find much less appealing. We can't get away from it. You know, there's more scriptural references to salt being used in judgment or destruction than than any of these other purposes that we just listed. We know the the story of Lot's wife who turns back to look at the city of uh, Sodom, right? And she's turned into a pillar of salt in Genesis uh, 19, 26. This is a story where Jesus refers to when describing the day of his coming, right? And Moses warns the Israelites that if they break God's covenant, their land will be burned out with brimstone and salt, nothing sown, nothing growing, where no plant Uh, can sprout. That's in Deuteronomy 29. You know, when Gideon's son Abimelech tries to set himself up as king of Israel, the men of Shechem rebel against him and he responds by raising the city and sowing it with salt in the book of Judges chapter 9, right? The psalmist describes God's turning, um, that event as turning a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. You know, Jesus himself, in one of the fiercest judgment paragraphs in the Gospels, says simply, everyone will be salted with fire. So, salt is also used uh, to express judgment, you know. And then it's also a fertilizer. You know, a lot of ancient civilizations use it as a fertilizer to fertilize the soil. Depending on the conditions, it can help the earth to retain water. It can make fields easier to plow. Release minerals for plants, kill weeds, protect crops from disease, stimulate growth, and increase uh, yields. So this reason obviously matters, you know, as Jesus specifically describes his people as salt of the earth, which in a rural farming culture would have been very significant, right? So we're like fertilizers. We're meant to be in those places where conditions are challenging. Life is hard. We are sent to enrich the soil, to kill the weeds, to protect against disease, stimulate growth. As we scatter, life springs up in unexpected places. Barren lands become fruitful. When the people of God are redeemed, as the prophet says, the wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. So as we go out into this world being salt of the earth, you know, again, we're advancing God's kingdom. That's all of our purpose. Um, To love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul, right? To bring him all glory and to make disciples of all nations. So let's go through the the Beatitudes here. So I'm in Matthew 5, and I want to read the Beatitudes because the passage after it is, is titled Salt and Light. So we're going to read through the, the Beatitudes, which is the greatest sermon ever preached uh, by Jesus himself. Um, the word Beatitude means like supreme blessing. Um, there's eight Beatitudes. I mean, some argue eight to ten, but uh, the consensus is there's eight, right? So eight is the number of new beginning. uh it's a number of salvation, victory, hope, future, right? which in a hope and a future, we think of jeremiah twenty nine eleven where God says that you know he the the good things that I plan for you right i i I have hope uh, in a future that you would prosper, right? So God knows the good plans that he has for us. So these are the beatitudes, and to me, these are the way that we should live our life, a reflection of our life, right? So I'm going to read through these, Matthew 5, starting in verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger for thir- and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Wow. want to encourage you to go back, study, marinate on those scriptures, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. But to me, those are all, you know, again, beatitude is a supreme blessing. It's joy. It's happiness, right? And he tells us um, what, what happens, um, right, when, when we live this type of life. So in living that type of life, Matthew 5 goes on picking up in verse 13. He, Jesus goes on to say, "You are the salt of the earth." But if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do a neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And even saying that last part there, we need to be careful on good deeds. You know, we do good deeds because we love God and he's moving through us and influencing us to to do good deeds. So, you know, if I look at a person and I see how they live their life and I see evidence of the Lord in them, a life of love, compassion, the Beatitudes... You know what I mean? And, and, and they're just serving. They automatically do good works, right? So if you're not doing good works, then you might want to check your relationship with the Lord. And even if you are doing good works, yet you don't reflect Jesus at all, then you're doing good works for yourself, not for the kingdom. Another area that you need to be uh, very cautious about. So we are the salt of the earth, right? Uh, the Beatitudes describe kind of who we are, blessings, how we should be living our life, descriptors. You know, of many, there's many, many, many descriptors. And Jesus himself was our prime example of how to walk this earth, being filled with love and compassion, glorifying our father. That's our life to to be filled with love and compassion, walking in the earth, bringing glory to our father, leading people towards Jesus. Right. Being the salt of the earth. Now, there's another interesting scripture here in Luke uh, 14, I believe. And this is kind of what what kicked things off for me with this uh, stay salty, my friends. Amen. I should have threw that in a couple more times after reading some of those definitions. Stay salty, my friends. So this is Luke 14, uh, Jesus. Um, well, the whole chapter, he'd spent some time with some some Pharisees speaking in parables, trying to speak some wisdom. And then it goes on to talk about the cost of being... You know, a disciple talks about carrying our cross, right? It talks about putting Jesus first um, in our life with some harsh language. There is an order to our life. You know, just verse 25 says, "...large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to these crowds, Jesus said to them, "...if anyone comes to me and does not, you know, hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple." This is harsh language, but the order of our life needs to be God is first. You know, our spouse is second. If you're married, our spouse is second. Third is our children in our family. Um, uh, you know, fourth would be work, you know, or providing, and fifth would be ministry. That's a list I put together um maybe in the Bible somewhere, but right here it's straight up saying God comes first in our life, right? But the reality is, if we love God, then we're going to become more like God, which is going to make us love our mother and father more, our wife, our children, our brothers, our sisters, you know, because God is love. So if we're loving God, then a a natural byproduct of that is, of course, um, loving everybody he listed. But if we put others before God, you know, we, we run out because love is not natural. It's supernatural and we could only be fueled and filled up from God himself Verse twenty-seven says, "And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple." You know. So, what does it look to carry our cross? You know, that's a that's a sign of suffering. Jesus suffered on the cross, and life this life is going to have suffering. But without suffering, there is no significance, right? There is no there is no legacy. You know, um, carrying our cross is is putting our life down for the Lord, uh, being uncomfortable, being bashed, being whatever, whatever. Whatever it takes, right? People don't like us, you know, we're outcasts, all that stuff. As long as God knows our heart in that, as long as our heart is pure, it says those who are pure will know the kingdom of God, will see the kingdom of God. Actually, we'll see God Himself. So, clean hands and a pure heart is very, very important. He goes on to tell a couple more parables. And in verse 33, again, he says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. So again, man, just this stress on putting uh, God first. And then he ends this passage in verse 34. He says, salt is good, right? Which we've learned about all the different attributes of salt and what it does and how we are the salt of the earth and how we are to uh, live our life as Christians, followers of Jesus and you know, what this salt of the earth looks like, right? So salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again, right? We've heard that before. He goes on to say, it is fit neither for the soil nor the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So in looking this up, That um, so, in the desert, you know, there's not a lot of wood in the desert, right? There's bushes, there may be some scarce trees. But from what I I did, some little bit of research that the Israelites would actually put salt on on manure um, in the fire and it would make the manure burn bright and, uh, you know, whatever, hotter, brighter. Okay, so salt was used for that, but then the fire would eventually burn it up and the salt would lose its saltiness and it would just go flat. It was worthless, right? So in this statement here, salt is good, right? We're to be the salt of the earth, right? That's good, but if we lose our saltiness, we're not even good enough to be thrown on a dung pile. We're useless. Hardcore, right? So, there's this reality, and then whoever has ears, let them hear. So today I want to challenge you to be the salt of the earth, you know, and if you lose your saltiness again we're we're worthless um, to the kingdom in that state, you know How can we be made salty again? We're not even worthy to be thrown on a dung pile. Whoever has ears, let them hear, right? Harsh words. But but the good news, which is Jesus Christ and what he did for us, right? The gospel, the good news, you know, this, this new 24 that we get. That doesn't mean we, we, we lose our saltiness and we sin, but the reality of what Jesus did for us on the cross, that he paid for our backsliding sins. He paid for these things. They're not okay, but he paid for them. And uh, Jesus can make us salty again. Jesus, his love his sacrifice, his preservation, right? His fertilizing in our hearts, his plowing in our hearts. He can make us salty again. But let us not, you know, become unsalty. Amen. You know, let's, uh, let's make sure we're, we're staying salty. We're doing these things that Christ asked us to do. just because of him right and what he did for us and that's it but jesus is so good that again he gives us these beatitudes these supreme blessings if we live that type of life for him and again with with that number eight uh this this hope right god knows the good plans that he has for us right plans for a for a future for prosperity for hope you know all for the kingdom and another interesting fact that when Jesus rose from the grave that that he appeared eight times uh, before he ascended you know so this this new beginning this new look this new hope new horizons bright future again is connected with our Savior and his resurrection um, It's a beautiful thing. So I want to encourage you all. Stay salty, my friends. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.